0: This is Ruth Friedman, and I serve as the Maharat at Ohev Shalom, the National Synagogue in Washington, D.C. And welcome back to my weekly Parsha podcast, Life Imitates Torah. And this week, we read Parsha Nitzavim, which is one of the many very short Parshiot that occur towards the end of Devarim. And though it is short, it is very grand in nature and opens with Moshe speaking to the entire nation. And he says, Antem Nitzavim Hayom Kochem Lifnei Hashem You're all standing here before God today. kol ish right? Your tribal heads, your elders, and your officials, all the men of Israel, tabchem, machanecha, ad'shoev, Your children, your wives, even the stranger within your camp, from wood chopper to water drawer. A heavy emphasis that everyone is standing before God that day. To do what? To enter into the covenant of the Lord your God, which the Lord your God is concluding with you this day, with its sanctions. So I'll set aside that last part for a minute. So everyone is standing before God, everybody, to enter into this covenant with God. We've seen covenants appear before, certainly Avraham and God, for example, but here it seems like the whole nation is entering into a covenant with God. But what something I noticed is that it's not just the word Brit covenant that is used. There's another word that is used in accompanying the word Brit throughout this parsha, and that's Allah and Aleph Lamed Hey, like Moshe says, So there's something else. This is not just a breed. This is also in Allah. Now, the JPS translated as sanctions, but I want to look at the other context in the Torah, in which it appears to try to get a better sense of exactly what that word means, because it's a little bit complicated. So we see elsewhere in this parsha that the words bracha and klala are used, blessing and curse. And we know that these parshiot ours is no exception, are riddled with blessings and curses. With Moshe saying, if you do the right thing, you're going to be blessed. And if you do the wrong thing, God's going to curse you and destroy you. Dot, 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 dot. And so the question I had for this parsha is, where does the word Allah fit into this? What is it that Moshe is saying that this is in addition to a covenant? And so I looked at Allah and the concordance to see where else in the Torah and the five books of Moses it appeared. And it appears a couple times in Bereshi, once in Vayikra, and then not again until the incident, I guess you would call it, with Sota in Bamidbar in chapter five. And with the Sota, the word is all over the place. And it seems to not just take one specific meaning, but it does in the context of sota seem to refer, if you look at it at first, to the words that the Kohen has to write down and to make the woman swear to. It's the type of an oath, but like it's called shu'at ha'ala, shu'at um, and it's written down and but it's also not just used to refer to the actual words because it also says that if the woman if the procedure does have the negative effect that indicates she was guilty and that her her belly distends her her thighs and all that stuff then it also says (laughs) that she is going to be like for curse, I guess, for her people. But it can't just mean literal. It has to mean something else. Now, certainly within that context and a couple other previous contexts in which it appears, it seems to me that Allah implies that two people enter some kind of a trusting relationship, but that there's also another element to that relationship as well. There's one of doubt. For example, in an earlier citation in Brishitz, when Avi Melech, he wants to make a Brit with Yitzchak, and he says, oh, let's make a Brit, Brit imach, right, let's make a Brit together. But first he says, Allah, that there should be an Allah between us. So again, the same usage of a Brit and an Allah, a covenant and this other type of relationship that we're entering into. And I think with Sota and, and that oh we should say those those were two peoples who were not on good terms with each other who were becoming hostile with each other, and then of course you get to Sota and there's no greater uh, hostility that I think that one can create than a man accusing his wife of cheating and necessitating the Sota procedure. It's humiliating. It's it's terrible. It, and it's all about him saying you did something. I don't trust you. He doesn't even need something to have happened. He just says, stay, I don't trust you. And he's allowed to have this whole public ritual occur that does definitely involve some humiliation. And so they also, they're in relationship, of course, they're married. They enter into a positive relationship with each other. That's the wedding or the breed, but there's also a side a lot. There's another relationship. There's another layer of doubt, of lack of trust, and so then coming back to this week's parsha, the next time the word Allah appears is in this week's parsha. So again, we have a couple incidents in the beginning of the Torah, then we it's all over, it's the sota, and now it then disappears again and comes back full force in this week's parsha. Moshe uses the word over and over again. And so what does it add here if it's not a blessing and it's not a curse? I think what Moshe, the message Moshe is sending to the people by calling what's happening a preet and in Allah is saying you guys, we're entering into a positive relationship with God today. This is a breed. This is a covenant. We're going to be there for each other. We're articulating our relationship. We're strengthening our relationship. But he's also saying, you're not totally off the hook. He's not actually convinced that this is going to work. He doesn't have trust in the Jewish people that they're actually going to be able to pull this off. And I think that he's allowing that doubt, that lack of trust, to enter into the way that he's describing it to them. Essentially, by using the word Allah here, when it's most strongly connected to Sota, I think he is drawing some kind of a comparison. At least the text is drawing some kind of a comparison. It's inviting us to say, to, to speculate that yes, they're entering into a relationship, a positive relationship, just like a marriage, but also it's not necessarily always going to be perfect and that there will be times in which these two parties betray each other or at least suspect the other of betrayal and there will be very very rocky damaging catastrophic potentially times but also still the relationship will still endure and I was wondering, what I was challenging myself to think about this week is, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Is this yet another one of the many, many, many examples of Moshe allowing his anxiety and his lack of trust in the people to shine through in his language? Or is he sending a positive message? I think you can certainly read it as the former, but I think you can also read it as the latter. Because just as much as Moshe's anxiety shines through, there's also the strong opinion that and and it's a very strong torah value which we've discussed here before which is that you don't just get something because you deserve it in the torah i mean no i said that wrong you don't get something even if you don't deserve it in the torah you have to earn what you have as Moshe repeats over and over again you guys aren't getting the land because you did something so you know because you just deserve it no like you the other people do something wrong? We see that all over Malachim and and in the history of our people that when we do things that are wrong, we lose our right. Um, We lose our standing. And so I think here, if we want to look at what Moshe is saying in a more positive light, I think what he could be communicating to the people is, yeah, you're entering into a covenant today. But I need to remind you what a covenant is. A covenant is not you enter into a relationship with someone else and then automatically things are hunky-dory and they're beautiful and they're fine. These relationships take a lot of work, they need a lot of commitment to each other, and they need trust in each other. And it's almost like he's saying, I'm not convinced you have to you're gonna pull that off. And also you have to remember that. You have to remember that you can't take advantage of this relationship and that you have to earn God's trust and God in a sense has to earn your trust as well. That I think is what the word Allah indicates in addition to Brit. And I think that this whole this whole idea of doubt, of uncertainty, I think is really appropriate for Elul. We're living right now in a time of serious doubt and uncertainty. We all thought we were going to be in one place, Rosh Hashanah, and the COVID be better and now we're well, we don't really have to doubt that it's not true. It's clearly not true. And there's just so much uncertainty that's hanging before us. There's uncertainty in our relationships that we, you know, sometimes, you know, we can't take for granted. We don't know if things are always going super well. And especially during COVID, which has had such a bizarre in some way effect on, on, on different relationships. And I think also that we often have a lot of mistrust in ourselves. I doubt myself all the time. Um, And I think that Moshe is also here, by using this word, revealing a certain honest element about what it means to be a nation, what it means to be a nation that's in a relationship with God, which is that that is not just handed to you on a silver platter. It's something that can fester negative things also. And that to work on a relationship with God and our relationship with each other and our relationship with ourselves and our sense of self-worth we have to also engage in positive actions and actively fight against that lingering doubt that we sometimes have in our minds of, is this really happening? Am I really worth it? Do I really deserve it? Um, And and, and use those questions to motivate us to continue to be better people. Shabbat shalom and Shana Tova.